Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. Appreciate you listening in. We hope each week that every other week is on the first and the third Thursdays, I mean Tuesdays of each month that you'll listen in from 6 to 8 p.m. and invite your friends to listen. And so um, let me just be praying. Let me pray. Tonight we're going to be talking about the tongue. The scripture says the tongue is the fire, the very world of iniquity, and it sets on fire the very course of our life. And what that means is uh, your words, your speak, the words you speak directs your life. I can give you a good example. When my youngest granddaughter was born, she weighed 10 pounds, and we were standing at the glass looking at her in the hospital, and people were saying, oh, she's so chubby, she's so fat. And I was under my breath. I was saying, I break that, those curses in the name of Jesus. And then it <clears throat> reminded me that that uh, probably they said the same thing over me when I was born because I weighed 11 pounds. And my whole life I've had a weight problem. And um, I'm still a, a probably 20 pounds more than I should weigh. But it's not been a problem anymore. Anyway, I thank the Lord um, because the curses and the words we speak over over people, over ourselves and others, sets the course of a person's life. The scripture says the tongue is sharper and more powerful. <clears throat> the word of God is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. It rightly divides the word of truth, and we should be speaking <clears throat> the word of God because the word of God does not return void. The scripture says that righteous lips are the delight of kings. And I want to open with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for each person who listens to this message. This day, February 5th, 2019, God, we thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. We thank you that your word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which you send it. And, Lord, I pray that you'll make my words like goads, like well-driven nails given by you, Lord, the shepherd. I pray that you will glorify yourself, that every person who listens, including myself, will have our lives changed in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray that you give um, each person a revelation knowledge of their tongue and how to overcome negative words in Jesus' name. And so we should speak the word of God because God says that his word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which he sends it. If we speak negatively, what happens is demons draw Things to that person to carry out what you curse To curse somebody means to speak negatively Or to speak contrary to what God's word says You know there's been tests And I and Bill Gothard has a book And I read this in one of his books And I forgot the name of it But 
he tells the story about you. He says that you can change the molecules of water by words you speak. Uh, he gives an illustration of a man who um, t- would take took a, a drop of water and he froze it. And he, but before he froze it, he spoke uh, words, uh, kind words over the water and said, "You know, you're just you're tasty, you're fresh, you you refresh." And spoke kind words over the water. And um, and then he had another uh, uh, glass of water that he cursed, spoke evil words, you're nasty, you're detestable, you're rotten, and he spoke those kind of words over it and uh, froze it. And then under a microscope, the water that he had spoken good words over was beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful crystal. Uh, and then the water that was frozen that he spoke negative words over was kind of mangled looking. And so uh, another experiment that was done was uh, someone uh, took uh, rice, took a jar of rice, two jars of rice, put them on the same uh, shelf of, in a cabinet, same temperature, same everything. And every day he told the one jar of rice how tasty and delicious it was. And for I think it was 17 days or 27 days, he cursed the other jar of rice saying how nasty, how rotten you are. And at the end of this time, the 17 or 27 days, the rice that was blessed was still fresh and white. The rice that was um, that was cursed was rotten. And, of course, it was cooked rice. And so you can actually change the molecules of water with your words. Well, you know, our bodies are probably at least 70% water. So what's that to say about speaking uh, good words or negative words over our bodies. And so when we speak blessings over people, uh, the grace of God is imparted to that person to carry out what we've blessed. If we speak negative words, the demons are drawn to that person to carry out what we've cursed. And so we need to um, examine why we speak the words we speak. You know, the Bible says you can't tame the tongue, but you can get the heart pure. The heart is like your spiritual garden, and there's things been planted in your spiritual garden, things that have come down generationally, things that you've done that's planted things in your spiritual garden, things that have been done to you that you haven't forgiven that's been planted in your spiritual garden. And so when you speak a negative word, you can't tame the tongue, but when you speak a negative word, um, You need to ask the Lord, where did that come from? How did it get there? Area of your heart cleansed, and then the words will be cleansed. The scripture says that out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Uh, Our tongues are are, are the bodily instrument that we can, by whereby we can bless or curse people, ourselves and others. We can bless or curse ourselves Uh, we can speak life or death Uh, with our words we can set on fire the course of our life and the lives of others the lives of our children you know if you've got little children I mean I've been in I've listened to parents talk to children oh you're just a little devil or you're just you're just this you're just that speak the words speak words Mm -hmm. over that child that you want uh, to see in that child's life now, for example, if if your child lies, then um, instead of saying you're the biggest liar I've ever seen, 
you say, you know, you've lied and that's wrong and I'm going to discipline you for that. But you're not going to be a liar in the name of Jesus. So speak positive words. And so we either bind people with our words, uh, make them take people sick, we wound people, or we can heal with our mouths. We can devour with our mouths or we can make whole. We can either make a joyful noise to the Lord in gratitude for all that he's done, or we can moan, groan, gripe, and complain. And there's consequences for that. And and I'm going to ask Dorothy, uh, the host of this program, to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, With most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happened as examples to us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the serpent. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able you. to endure it. You welcome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Anyway, we're warned there the consequences of being an idolater, murmuring and and grumbling as the children of Israel did in the wilderness. And, you know, in Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 50, it says, Whoso offers praise glorifies me, and whoever orders his conversation aright, I will show him my salvation. You know, if God inhabits our praises, whenever we moan, groan, the devil and the demons inhabit those. And so if we want to enter the gates with thanksgiving and praise the Lord, then we have God's angels working with us. Otherwise, we have demon powers working with us. And so we're going to either encourage people with our words or discourage. The scripture says that he will give us the tongue of a disciple, that we might sustain the weary one with a word. And morning by morning, he's going to wake up our ears to listen as a disciple, and we will not be disobedient, nor will we turn back. With our tongues, we can bring bondage to others, or we can free others. Proverbs says, the mouth of the upright will deliver them. 
We can bite and devour with our mouths, and we can bite and devour others. We can use our tongue like a sword or like a knife. Um, We can actually swallow people up in the spirit realm with our mouths. You know, uh, we would never think of being cannibals, but we can be spiritual cannibals by eating people up with words. And that's in Galatians chapter 5. It says, brethren, see to it that you do not bite and devour one another, lest you be consumed by one another. Uh, The Lord really showed me that when he showed me this scripture, I had a ministry farm where I had a lot of people living at the farm, and there was people that had come out of prostitution or people that had been on drugs and people that had been into Satanism and just all kinds of problems. And uh, someone gave us, I had uh, planted 90 fruit trees and put a drip system in, and someone um, mowed the drip system apart. Uh, someone gave the ministry a, a vacuum cleaner, and somebody vacuumed the dirt, dust, dirt up with it, ruined it. And, you know, inside I wanted to say stupid. I mean, cursing, biting, and devouring other people. And when God showed me this, uh, I never lost an ounce, but I lost spiritual inches whenever I began to repent of the people that I had swallowed up with my mouth. And that's a scriptural principle. So have you been a spiritual cannibal? Scripture says um, in Proverbs, I'm sorry, in Psalms 52 verse 4, you love words that devour, oh, deceitful tongue. You know, it's something about our nature to want to curse instead of bless. And so we have to retrain the way we speak by finding out why we speak the words we speak and how they got there and get that area of our heart cleaned up so that the words will be pure. We can either express sweetness or bitterness with our mouth. We can, we can condemn ourselves and other people, or we can affirm other people. You know, the years ago I read that praise is to, um, praise is like uh, rain to flowers, rain and sunshine to flowers when we praise people. And I, I don't mean flatter people, but I mean we should be able to see the good in people and speak words of encouragement to people rather than condemn people. You know, everybody's got something good in them. You know, a person that the scripture says the person that flatters somebody is laying a, a trap for laying a net for his feet. And so, but to compliment somebody on an honest characteristic that you see in their life or something that you see in their life that's good, that's not flattery. Flattery is when you lie to somebody. You may think they have an ugly dress, and flatter would be you would tell them what a beautiful dress they had. That would be lying. Uh, we express love or hate with our mouth. We speak truth or we speak lies. We are transparent or deceptive with our mouth. And here's some other facts about our tongues. Your tongue can be like a sharp razor. Psalms 52 verse 2 says, Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor a worker of deceit. And then wicked speaking cause of a person having to have their tongue cut out or losing their tongue or a tongue problem. Proverbs 10:31 says, "The mouth of the righteous flows with wisdom, but the perverted tongue will be cut out." 
And, you know, that could be a root to many, many diseases of the tongue. Your tongue will either lacerate a heart or bring healing to a heart. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There's one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs also says, Kind words are like honey, enjoyable and helpful. And you'll be established forever if you always speak the truth. In fact, it says in 1 Thessalonians, if you don't love the truth, you'll be sent a strong delusion and you, so you, whereby you cannot be saved and you cannot be healed. And so when you always speak truthful words, the scripture says you'll be established forever. Proverbs 12, 9, 12, 19 says, truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. You know, when you tell a lie, um, you have to remember what you said. And if you always tell the truth, you don't have to worry about what you said last because you know you'll always speak the truth. And your tongue can be something um, to soothe a person's life or be like, be like something that's caustic to their life or perverted. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. And, you know, you can actually see how little children and even possibly you yourself have been wounded by the words of your parents that had perverted words, that cursed you with words, crushed your spirit, broke your heart with words. And lying about your needs to gain wealth or to get ahead, it will evaporate. What you have will evaporate, just like opening a bottle of fingernail polish remover or a can of energy. You open that, you leave the lid off, it just totally evaporates. Proverbs 21.6 says, The acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. And so when we try to manipulate people for money or for treasure, then what we have will evaporate. And guarding your mouth, the scripture says, will be guarding your soul from troubles. Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three says, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. Soft words are more inclined to be um, persuasive than speaking harsh Unkind words to people. Proverbs twenty-five fifteen says, By forbearance, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue breaks the bones. And speaking lying words reveals your hatred toward the people you're lying to. Proverbs twenty-six twenty-eight says, A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. And there, again, a flattering mouth is a person that tells somebody something and deceives them with their mouth, tells them, for example, they have a, uh, they're very smart and intelligent when the person maybe is, is not smart or intelligent. They just try to pump somebody up uh, to gain advantage. And, and Proverbs says that if we speak, we flatter, we're laying a net for someone's feet. And the person who corrects in love is more favored in the end than the person who flatters with his tongue. You know, it's hard to speak the truth 
when God tells you to speak the truth to someone to correct them and knowing that you could be persecuted yourself or you could hurt that person's feelings or uh, they may get mad or they may get angry or they may never speak to you again. But God's word says that it's better to speak the truth to somebody. And this is, of course, when God speaks to you and tells you to speak the truth to them. It says in Proverbs 28, verse 23, he who rebukes a man will afterwards find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. And you'll either reveal Jesus speaking or you'll reveal a demon speaking through you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. And the voice of a stranger is the voice of another. And so the voice of another is any voice that doesn't line up with the word of God. And so if we're not, if what we're speaking is not from God, not, uh, not the word of God, then we're being a mouthpiece for the devil. Job, Job 26 verse 4 says, To whom will you utter words, and whose spirit will be expressed through you? So we're either letting Christ be expressed through us, or we're letting the voice of a stranger be expressed through us. Wicked words were aimed to kill, but a wise tongue sets people free. Proverbs 12, 6 says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Righteous speaking will satisfy your soul. Proverbs twelve fourteen says, A good man will be satisfied with good by the words of his mouth. And the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. So what you sow, you'll also reap. But you'll be satisfied with good by the fruit of your mouth. And if you don't speak the right kind of fruit, you're not satisfied. You'll be discontented and dissatisfied. And feeding people the word of God can be a healing thing, where feeding people the wrong things can be a cause of breast cancer I remember years ago there was a man I ministered to and he had a tumor in his breast about the size of an egg and he would go into the into a bar he wanted to be accepted and loved and he would put on this little Panama hat and you know dress up and let people think you know he was a detective or he was a, an executive or he was a this or that and he kept feeding people lies and when he repented of that God healed him Proverbs 10:21 says, "The lips of the righteous feed many, but but fools die for the lack of understanding." So this could be a cause of breast cancer also. And you can snare yourself and other people by the words you speak and by the by um, actually bring bringing bondage to children to our children. Proverbs 12:13 says, an evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but righteous, but the righteous will escape from trouble. And you can preserve your life by the words you speak. Proverbs 13.3 says, The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his mouth comes to ruin. There's another scripture in Proverbs that says, um, the mouth of the foolish is in the mouth of the foolish is a rock for his back, but the lips of the wise will protect them. Years ago, I got a crick in my back, and that was a scripture the Lord showed me that 
I had a spiritual rod to my back because of uh, speaking foolish words. And, you know, if we're going to speak the right kind of words, we've got to think before we speak, not just run off at the mouth. Proverbs not, uh, 16, verse 23 says, The heart of the wise instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. And your lips are the snare of your soul. Proverbs 18.7 says, A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Didn't Jesus say you have what you say? So we need to speak God's word so that God's word will not return void. We need to speak God's words over ourselves, over our husbands, our wives, our mates, over our children, so that God's word will not return void. Instead of speaking evil words that bring bondage to the person we're speaking to. What you say can even affect your appetite. Proverbs 18:20 says, "The fruit of a man's mouth, by the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips." And so you think that could be a weight, a, a root to our weight problem? I know for sure it is. And how about getting God to kiss you? <laughs> you know, the proverb says, in Proverbs twenty four twenty six says, He, God, kisses the lips of those who give a right answer. So, Lord, help us have right answers. We can eat ourselves up with our words. Ecclesiastes ten twelve. we can be spiritual cannibals again and eat ourselves up with our words. It says, words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, while the lips of a fool consume him. That word consume means to eat up. Uh, James 3, 1 says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. And so that what that verse is saying is that teachers will incur a stricter judgment because God expects us to speak the truth because we're teaching others. And I believe that I've had more discipline by God because of the words of my mouth and any other thing. If I start to get a cold or uh, start to come down with something, usually I'll say, oh, God, what what have I done? And it'll have to do with something that I've said. And so we need to have God, ask God to set a watch over our mouth. That's what the psalmist prays. James 3, 2 says, for we all stumble in many ways. If if anyone does not stumble by in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. So why why did why would it say that if we don't stumble in what we say, we're perfect? Well, the reason it says that is because what's in the heart comes out the mouth. And so if we're speaking wrong words, then that tells us there's a problem with our heart. And so we're not perfect. But if we speak a perfect word, then we're perfect in that area. And then it says that we're able, if we can, if we don't stumble in what we say, we're able to bridle our whole body as well. In other words, our body can be guided and directed by the words we speak. Verse 3. Now, if we put bits in, the, in a horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their whole body as well. So, you know, if we put a bit in our mouth, we direct our body as well, just like directing a horse. Verse 4. 4 says, look at the 
look at ships also. Although they're great and are directed by strong winds, they are still directed by a small rudder. Now here we're being described as our bodies, our life is a ship and our tongue is the rudder. It says, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. And so we have a choice about the words we speak. And so it's saying that we can direct the ship of our life if we can control the rudder, our tongue. And that's why it's comparing um, a, a ship with a rudder that can be guided, that that big ship is guided by that little tiny rudder. And, of course, our tongue is, pro- is one of the smallest members of our bodies. Verse 5. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. So how great a forest fire a forest is set on fire by such a small fire. Now in Psalms one we're trees. There's another scripture in the Psalms that says the trees of the field clap their hands. And so it's talking about a tree is a person and a forest would be a congregation. So we can destroy a whole congregation and burn it down with our mouths. In verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life is set on fire by hell. In other words, when we speak negative words, it's coming right out of hell because it's speaking the devil's word. We're either speaking God's word and what's contrary to God's word is the devil's word. And so that's why we should always speak God's word. It says, for every species of beast and bird, reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. In other words, there's been birds and reptiles and animals and creatures of the sea that have been trained by humans. But then it goes on to say, but no one can tame our tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. And so poison kills people. It says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth both comes both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things should not be this way. Does a, does a fountain send forth from the same opening both fresh water and bitter water? In other words, a fountain can't send the same kind of bitter and sweet water at the same time. It'll either be sweet. Are bitter, and of course, in this case, the fountain is our mouth. It says, Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or can a vine produce figs, nor can salt water cannot produce fresh? And then James tells us what the wisdom from above is. Verse 13 Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior and his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and lie against the truth. For this wisdom is not that which comes from above, but it's earthly, natural, and demonic. And you say, well, I don't believe in demons. I don't believe they're even real. Well, God says whenever there's uh, contention and strife and when there's jealousy, ambition, uh, selfish ambition and bitter jealousy in your heart, you're operating under demonic power. It says from and from these verses we learn if we can if we can uh, not stumble in what we say we'll be a perfect person. 
And I'm going to skip over a little bit of this. I'm going to skip over. It goes on to say, but the wisdom from above, in other words, if we're speaking God's word, the word of God is seed and words are seed. And our heart is a spiritual garden. And we can plant, Jeremiah 1 says, we should pull down up root and pluck out the negative things from our heart. And then we need to plant and rebuild. And, of course, plant and rebuild by the word of God. <laughs> so it says, from the wisdom above, but the wisdom from above, pure and peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in by sown in peace by those who make peace. So when we make peace and we speak kind words, we speak God's word, then we're planting things in our spiritual garden. Uh, in Matthew fifteen ten, it says, After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds from his mouth, this defiles the man. And to defile means to contaminate and sully. It would be kind of like if you have a white basket of wet basket of towels and you throw a dirty, I mean, you throw a black sock on top of it, that black sock will fade into the white towels and contaminate and sully it. And so that's what our words do, do to us. It says, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. And, of course, the treasure here is really another word for your spiritual garden or your heart. And so it's saying that from your heart, from your spiritual garden, you're either going to speak evil or you're going to speak good. And when you, when an evil word comes out of your mouth, you know that it came out of a perverted area of the heart. And when that happens, we need to ask the Lord to show us how did that get there? What happened when for, for me to be saying that what I'm saying? And so we need to really listen to what comes out of our mouth. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us how that word got down in our heart that would cause us to speak that evil word. In Matthew 12, 26, it says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they'll give an account of on the day of judgment. You know, that should be a sobering thought to all of us. It is to me. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. Well, why is this? The reason is because your heart, the, the, the words you speak, reveals what your true heart is like. And that's why by your words you'll be justified by the words or you'll be condemned because what you're saying will either justify you or condemn you because it's coming out of your heart, out of a pure area of your heart or out of a contaminated, defiled area of the heart. First Peter 3.10 says, For the one who desires life to love, good, love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So do you want to uh, live a good life and you want to see good days? We have to keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. 
And what about how many times people will say something, you know, and then they'll say, you know, somebody called me the other day an old hag. <laughs> and I was thinking about this when I was doing this message. You know, and then they said, uh, I was just kidding. And I'm thinking, well, no, they weren't, because if that's what they said, that was truly in their heart. And so what does God say about saying something to somebody and then say, I was just joking, I was just kidding, I didn't really mean it. Well, this is what the Bible says about it. Proverbs 26:18 says, like a man who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? So you see, he's deceiving the neighbor by saying, I'm, I was just joking, because he really wasn't, because what he said was coming right out of his heart. Because remember the scripture that we just read? Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Out of the heart proceeds evil words and good words. And so what happens when you curse other people and you speak evil of other people? <laughs> Psalms 109 verse 1 says, God of my praise, do not be silent, for they have opened their wicked and deceitful mouth against me and have spoken against me with a lying tongue. Now, we've done that to others, and other people have done that to us. So this kind of is a two-way, uh, it's, it's, this scripture is really des- describing what we've done and what other people have done to us and the consequences of it. Verse 3, they says, they also surrounded me with words of hatred, and fought against me without cause. And so we've done that to others, and others have done that to us. In return for my love, they act as my accusers, but I am in prayer. So we could say that we've had that done to us, and we've done it to others. Thus they have repaid me evil for good and hatred for my love. And be repenting as I'm reading this. Appoint a wicked man over him, and, an, and let an accuser stand at his right hand. So that's the consequences. Uh, this uh, wicked man that stands over his right shoulder is a demon that accuses him day and night. And I've actually, in deliverance, I've actually cast that spirit out of people. Um, in fact, I did this past weekend. There was a, a, a wicked man that was appointed over them, standing over their um, right hand. It says, When he is judged, let him come forth guilty. In other words, you always feel guilty. And let his prayer become sin. Now, this is the consequences for us cursing other people and then what happens to other people when they curse us. Let his days be few. In other words, a short life. Let another take his office so he gets uh, displaced. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow so that you see an early death. Let his children wander about and beg and seek sustenance from their far from their ruined home. Let the creditor seize all they have and let strangers plunder the product of their labor. Now, stranger is another word for the demon. A demon. Remember, Jesus said, "My sheep hear my voice and they obey me, and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger." And of course, the stranger is the voice of another. Let there be none to extend loving kindness to him nor any be gracious to his fatherless children. So you see his children are um, orphans. Let his posterity, that's his children, be cut off in a following generation. Let let their name be blotted out. In other words, he won't have children to continue through the, through the, through the, um, oh, 
through the generations. In other words, it, it would be a barrenness in their life to have children. Let the iniquity of his fathers be heard, be, be remembered before the Lord, and do not let the sin of his mother be blotted out. You can see a person would maybe never feel um, forgiven. Verse 15, let them be before the Lord continually that he may cut off their name from the earth, the memory from the earth, because they did not remember to show loving kindness, but persecuted and the afflicted and needy man and despondent of heart. And so that's, then it goes on to say, because he loved cursing, so it came to him, and he did not delight in blessing, so it was far from him. So when we love cursing, verse 18 says, but he clothed himself with cursing with a, as with a garment, covered himself with cursing as with a garment, and it entered to his body like water and like oil in his bones. There's bitterness. And we know that bitterness is like drinking poison waiting for someone else to die. Let it be to him as a garment with which he covers himself and as a belt with which he continually girds himself. That could be the root to back problem. Let this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord and of those who speak evil against me. And can I say it will also be our reward when we love cursing and we curse others. But you, O God, the Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake, because your loving kindness is good. Deliver me. For I am afflicted and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Other people wound us, and we wound others. And as I've said, how we deal with this, how do you correct? If your tongue is a fire and you cannot tame it, the only way you can tame your tongue is to ask the Holy Spirit what is down in your heart that would cause you to speak these evil words or think evil thoughts because also uh, Matthew 15 says that out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. So when you have evil thoughts, you really usually have evil words and evil actions. And so you go back and you ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, how did that get in my heart? What happened to me? Was that a generational curse? Or did that come in through something that happened to me, some sin I committed, or some sin that was committed against me? And this is how we tame the tongue, is to get our heart right with him. And so we have to examine what we've been, what has been planted in our spiritual garden. You know, if corn's growing in your garden, you know that there was a seed of corn planted. And, you know, if you plant one seed of corn, you get a bunch of stalks of corn and hundreds of kernels of corn. And uh, if there's perversion growing in your spiritual garden, you know that, that the root of that was somewhere perversion was planted down in your heart. And so if we want to have purified words we have to have a purified heart and so um, I'm going to pray with you and the greatest deliverance anybody can have is to be born again many people in the church just have a religious spirit they never deal with heart issues they have a head knowledge of Jesus 
They believe in Jesus just like the demons and Satan believe. But they've never been born again. And so, and the reason for that is that if we, after a person receives Jesus as Savior, if we're not be willing, if we're not willing to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, <clears throat> then we can't follow him. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And if we don't do that, <clears throat> we can claim to be Christians forever and ever, but we'll act just like the world and we won't have a changed life. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. And so if you will pray with me, if you're listening and you've accepted the Lord, but you don't have assurance of your salvation, then pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to be born again. I've received you in the past because I believe in you. The Lord, you said that the demons and the devil believe too. And I want to be a new creation in Christ. I want old things to pass away. And, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I receive you as my Savior, my Lord, my Master. I enter into a covenant with you to be your holy possession, to be willing to walk the narrow way with you. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for speaking evil words. Forgive me for cursing people with my mouth. Forgive me for speaking death instead of life. Forgive me for discouraging people rather than encouraging them. Lord, forgive me for uh, not uh, stumbling in what I say. God, I ask you to purify my heart so that my words can be purified. I ask you to help me be aware of what I say. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll cause me to listen to what I say, listen to what I think, take my thoughts captive. Um, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for devouring people with my mouth. Forgive me for spiritual cannibalism. Forgive me for not speaking soft words, kind words. Uh, Forgive me for not speaking enjoyable, healthy words. Forgive me for not guarding my mouth. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for lying about my needs, manipulating people for money to evaporate, which is a cause of financial problems, one cause of it. Not all the causes, but one cause of it. Forgive me for not having a soothing tongue. Forgive me for having a perverted tongue. Forgive me for not having truthful lips. Forgive me for lying. God, I ask you to forgive me for uh, speaking rashly like the thrust of a sword. Forgive me for wounding uh, other people, loving, cursing. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for that my tongue has lacerated people's hearts. God, forgive me, Lord, that forgive me for a perverted tongue that could open me up to tongue problems or cancer of the tongue or many uh, sicknesses of the tongue. Forgive me that my tongue devises destruction and it's been like a sharp razor. Forgive me for lying with my tongue. Forgive me for not being transparent. Forgive me for not expressing love with my tongue and forgive me for speaking hateful words. 
forgive me for tearing down and devouring people, condemning people, condemning myself. Forgive me, Lord, for not having a sweet mouth. Forgive me for loving words that devour. Forgive me for biting and devouring other people, myself. Forgive me for not uh, delivering people with my mouth but bringing bondage to them. Forgive me for discouraging people with my mouth. Forgive me for not speaking the word of God. Forgive me for not making a joyful noise. Forgive me for grappling and complaining and moaning and groaning and being discontented. Forgive me for devouring with my tongue. Forgive me for making other people sick, wounding people, eating myself up with my own words. Forgive me for setting on fire the course of my life and I ask you to show me how to change that butter to in the direction of righteousness and holiness. Forgive me for cursing others, speaking death. Forgive me, Lord, that my tongue has been an instrument of Satan to destroy people in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for not speaking the word of God over my family, my mate, my children, myself. And, Lord, I just want to repent today. I ask you, God, to search my heart, test my thoughts. And, Lord, the evil words that I've been speaking, I pray, Lord, that you'll show me the spiritual root of them, where they came from, how they got there, so that I can pull down, uproot, and pluck out, and so I can plant and so I can plant and rebuild in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray you draw me to the word of God so that I can plant the word of God in my heart. In Jesus' name. Something the Lord has shown me to do is, and I'm certainly not um, the perfect man or woman yet, but one thing I do is I sleep with the word of God playing over me so that the seeds of God's word can land down in my heart. And so in Jesus' name, Lord, I repent of everything I've confessed and pray with me. I ask, I forgive my forefathers for cursing me. I forgive my mother and father for speaking words of death over me. Forgive me for speaking words of death over my children. Lord, I've been eating the fruit of my words, and it's not good. And I just repent today in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through the sins of the tongue. In Jesus' name. And I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. In Jesus' name, I forgive my forefathers for their perverted mouths. Forgive me for a perverted mouth. I call back. I break soul ties with all my forefathers, everyone that spoke evil of them and everyone that they spoke evil of. I call back my soul and human spirit from them and send back their souls and human spirits back to them, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole by the blood of Jesus. And I exchange their image for the image of Christ in Jesus' name. And I just command every demonic spirit to leave in Jesus' name. All defilement, Lord, I ask you to cleanse each person with the blood of Jesus. And the word spirit means breath, so take a deep breath and just blow out in Jesus' name. It means pneuma, which means breath. In Jesus' name, praise you, mighty God. Give God 
glory and give him a praise in Jesus' name for the truth that sets you free in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that you've done in each life today in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, if anyone needs prayer, you can call at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. And um, you're listening to Jerry McGee, Abiding Life Ministries. And we're on this program, Blog Talk Radio, the first and, and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. I hope you'll invite people. And um, you can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And you can find um, lots of CDs to listen to for free, and they all have deliverance prayers. And also, um, there's books you can order. There's, uh, I recommend Clearing the Land, which is a little repentance book that you can actually get delivered just going through the book because it lists all the Bible curses in it, how to pray the prayers, at least the occult things to renounce. Basically, a long sin list. And if you've never made a sin list by the since you've been a Christian, that's great healing. If you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you everything in your whole life you've done, and after you do that, you certainly won't uh, have done it all because God will continue to show you things. But that's a good place to start, is to make a sin list and confess. And don't just say, forgive me for all these things. Name each one. Because Jesus, the Word says, if you confess your sin. God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you go on my website also, there's a a video that was made of my son died of AIDS in 1989, and you can watch Todd's Greatest Regret. And um, Abiding Life was started by my husband, Bob McGee, in 1978, and um, he passed on uh, in 1997. But... um, you can, Jerry, you can, we do have a caller. Okay. All right. How can I Area code four, 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 three. Go ahead. Your mic is open. Hi. Hi. Good evening. Hello. Good evening, sisters. Um, I was wondering if I could have prayer. I have been um, having a problem with um, controlling myself with food lately. So... Um, I wake up every day, I'm trying to, I've I've even had a problem with my fasting, so I know this goes beyond just the norm, and I think that I need some deliverance from this. You think it has to do with your words you've been speaking? Remember, one of the scriptures I read was that your stomach will be satisfied by the fruit of your words? Yes, um, I'm very careful with what I say, and I always try to be edifying. Um, oh, good. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Okay. Almost um, to the point where, where when I speak to people, there's there's always a pause because even when I speak the truth, I don't want to say, I try not to say anything negative. I try to put it in a way that's factual, but ding. Okay. Well, yeah. praise the Lord. So just lately you've been having a trouble with uh, food. Are you overweight? Um, I yeah I have I have about um, about forty pounds to lose and I just gained like twenty pounds of this in the last two months. Well, you know I'm finding it's not so much how much you eat but what you eat. 
recently. Well, um, I, I'm a really strict diet. Um, I practically, um, I'm almost vegetarian, so I only eat chicken and fish and vegetables. I really don't eat junk. I don't drink sodas. I'm very well, good. But I, I'm over, but you know what? I'm over. I, I'm eating too much. I'm eating too uh-huh. much. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's certain things that you can eat. I know that um, um, I, I really recently have discovered that, you know, Weight Watchers, they've got 200 foods that counts zero, and they give you so many points. And basically fruit, vegetables, uh, white uh, chicken breast, uh, turkey breast, all fish, all seafood, um, counts zero. Beans, all vegetables counts zero, all fruits count zero, all, um, but, and it's amazing, it's just, I guess, a combination of things, and of course, it's the bread and the butter and the cheese and all of that kind of stuff that adds, but you basically, it's something you might want to pray about, but I'll pray with you. I mean, I've had a weight problem. Yes, so I I mean to interrupt you, it's amazing that you would bring up Weight Watchers, because about three weeks ago, I started counting points, and um, I was still finding myself, even though I'm not a bread eater, I, I'm a cheese eater. I try to eliminate that. But I don't do a lot of sauces. I don't do a lot of, I don't do breads. But um, I'm still over, even even with the zero points, I'm, I'm, um, I'm being a glutton. And I, I identify yeah. it. I mean, okay, there's no reason for me thing. to do that. Yeah. Are you bored? Um, yeah, there's some of that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know when I when I'm bored, I want to eat. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's pray. You know, there's a God of the belly. So, Father, forgive her for gluttony in the name of Jesus. Uh, okay, let me ask you this: When you were a child, how did you eat? Were you overweight? Did your parents curse you? My mother used to say I had no. She said she didn't have any willpower. Everything she eats turns to fat. My mother used to curse me with words, and I had a good mother, but she was like all of us. She wasn't perfect, and I haven't been, certainly haven't been perfect myself. So tell me about your childhood. Yes, um, so when I was a child, I wasn't, like, obese, but I was always, like, 10 or 15 pounds heavier than everyone else, and so I was called names, and I was, I was word-cursed through friends and family. Okay, well, just forgive them right now. Yes. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I forgive these people for word cursing me. I forgive them for the mean words that they said and how they made me feel. And um, I ask you to bless them in the name of Jesus. I really let go of this, and I just want to move on. My body is a temple, and I want to treat it that way. In Jesus' name. Uh, name the people... Well, I guess you don't want to do that over the radio. But just to yourself, um, name the people to yourself without saying it over the radio, you know, without saying it over the uh, program. And then tell yeah. me when you're through. It would, there's probably a list of 20 people, even even more than that. I mean, I'm telling well, in you. Your, in your heart, in your heart, don't do it out loud, but just name them and then tell me when you're through. Okay.
Okay. And, Lord, she forgives all of these people that have word-cursed her. She forgives her family for setting on fire the course of her life to be having a weight problem. And I forgive my mother and father for doing the same thing in my life. We change the course in Jesus' name. And uh, we break the power of every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment that was spoken. We pull out all those arrows. We break soul ties with all the people that cursed her. And, Lord, we say in the name of Jesus, she has self-control. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We command the God of the belly to leave her now, the spirit of gluttony. You have to go in Jesus' name and leave every person who's listening in who's got the same problem. God of the belly, you have to go. Lord, forgive us for idolatry. Forgive us for um, living to eat instead of eating to live. Lord, you said, uh, Paul said his meat was to do the will of God who sent him and so that's what Jesus said. And so, Lord, we pray that our meat will be to do the will of our Father who's in heaven. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for deliverance. We break the power of gluttony, self-indulgence, overindulgence, hunger, fat, food, sugar, boredom. We break the power of every spirit that would hold her captive in the area of food. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, forgive her for the idolatry. In Jesus' name, take a deep breath and blow out. In Jesus' name, we break the power of those curses and we command the demons carrying out word curses to loose her now. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Well, God bless you. Thank you, sister, and God bless you. Thank you so much. Pray for us, okay? Okay. (laughs) Yes, I will. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you you. so much. If anyone else needs prayer, feel free to call in. Again, the number is 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. And um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about the ministry, and then um, if no one else calls, we'll be through. I have meetings scheduled at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. There's a ladies' retreat, and it's uh, February the 15th through the 17th, 2019. Uh, There's a Beaumont, Texas Spiritual Warfare Conference that marks the, the 14th through the 17th. And uh, you can get information by going to spiritualwarfareteam.com. And um, also, if you will sign up for my email, they're on my website, jerrymcgee.com. Little G-E-R, I mean, it's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And you can sign up for, um, to be on my email list, and I'll send, I'll send out a flyer where I'm going to be. I'm at at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday. I'll be in Pennsylvania in September. And that's not, I don't have the information on that one yet. You go to my website and find out uh, information. Uh, We have Duncanville, Texas meetings the first Saturday of every month from 10 to 1. And uh, they're free to attend. And if you need personal prayer, you come and we'll pray for you. And it's at the Hilton Garden Inn in, in Duncanville, Texas. That's Interstate 20 
exit 462, which is Highway uh, Interstate 20 and Main Street. And Hilton Garden Inns is, is right on the right on the uh, freeway. And um, when you go into the hotel, go to the right of the front desk, and the meeting room is the Penn Springs room. It's about halfway down on the right. And so if we'd love for you to come. It's free to attend. And uh, on our website, there's probably 100 free CDs you can listen to with Deliverance Prayers. And uh, let's see, what else? And there's books you can order. If you'd like a meeting scheduled in your area, you can email me. In fact, email me anyway and let me know what God's done. It's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. We hope you'll listen in every uh, first and third Tuesday of the month, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Um, We appreciate those who help support this ministry and uh, help support Dorothy's ministry. Dorothy Carruthers is the person who uh, hosts this program. And you can send her a gift by going to uh, D for Dorothy, D Churchy, uh, number one at hotmail.com. And if you want to send a gift to Abiding Life, uh, you can do it by uh, sending it through PayPal on my website. We appreciate all you can do to help us and and uh, we don't, we're not in the ministry for the money, but we do need money to support the ministry. So we appreciate whatever you can do, but especially pray for us and let us know what God's done in your life. Jerry McGee at sbcglobal.net. Email me and tell me what God's done. And I love to hear testimonies of what the Lord has done. But anyway, we appreciate you listening in. Um, I've already told you about clearing the land. There's also a book on drunkenness. And basically, spiritual drunkenness has permeated the church here in America. Um, There's a little booklet called Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? Actually, it's a judgment on the spiritual harlot. You know, a spiritual harlot is a person that's prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, entered into a covenant with Jesus, but their heart goes after another lover. And the scripture says that God mixed up, mixes up a water of bitterness that makes the harlot drunk. And so actually, it's not a blessing, but it's, it's a curse. God tells us over and over in the word of God to be sober, alert. Uh, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour and eat up. And so uh, let me hear from you. God bless you. Also, if you want to write us, it's Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.